Welcome to another edition of Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiaga Prem Singh. First off, I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsors. The first sponsor, Seed Apparel. They made these super dope pants that I'm wearing now. These are hemp grown in Canada. They're really stretchy so you can be active in them, skateboarding, rock climbing, yoga, whatever it is that you do. Lots of great colors, and especially as I take on the practice of wearing blue, um, I've been spending some time mentoring with a Nahung Singh named Kamal Roop and uh, studying a little bit around um, the teachings of Guru Gobind Singh particularly. And so I've taken on some new vows or new uh, areas of practice to wear blue as a commitment and just notice how it makes me feel. So I feel really blessed that our sponsor has provided me with this really uh, beautiful color of blue. I often wear more darker blues or royal blues, but you know this, this is a great color when you wanna have fun with it. And when I'm recording Revealing the Diamond, that's really what it's about. It's about having fun with it, being present, being alive. And uh, so thank you, Seed Apparel. If you'd like to uh, check out what they do, they're an environmentally responsible and sustainable company. They are right here in Canada. You can check them out on Instagram at imseed um, on Instagram or go to theseedstore.ca and just check out what they do. They're making overalls now, which I hope to get a pair of those sometime uh, in the near future. And I, I couldn't recommend their brand enough, their company enough, so please do check them out. The other company I'd like to give thanks to who supports our podcast is Minds Dye. Minds Dye made this hoodie here, hand-dyed apparel. A lot of the stars that I wear are hand-dyed by her. Um, she makes anything custom, bed sheets, kimonos. We're going to get a full like uh, jumpsuit uh, for me to rock, so she's amazing. Check her out, Minds Dye. It's on Instagram, or you can go to the Etsy store and check out the Minds Dye. Check out the shop if you want something custom. Or if you're a sick and you wear a Dastar um, and you want something unique, then I would definitely recommend checking out everything that she does. So thank you Minds Die and the Seed Store or Seed Apparel for everything uh, that you do to support our work. Bless you. Today on the show we're going to talk about wisdom and guidance. And the, it's an appropriate topic today, as I was mentioning, those of you who are watching the live version of the show, uh, one of my great uh, guides, Von Benjamin, left his body a year ago today. And uh, I've just been thinking a lot about and feeling a lot into uh, how I have been guided through my life. And, and I want to share a little bit about that in a way that will hopefully resonate with you and inspire you to really listen for your inner guides and your inner wisdom um, because there are so many you know people out there uh, saying that you should do it this way or you should look, live that way or listen that way or worship that way or practice this way or parent that way or and it, it can be overwhelming are you with me <laughs> I find it overwhelming and so I wanted to explore the topic of wisdom and guidance today and, and uh, attempt to bring some clarity uh, not only into my own uh, sphere of awareness as there's so much information especially right now with the US election happening and COVID and all of these you know it, there's just it's hard to know uh, at times where to look for truth. Does that make sense? And, and wisdom and guidance is really what it's all about. It's tuning in and sometimes wisdom comes, actually often wisdom comes from making mistakes. Wisdom comes from experience. 
guidance comes from learning to listen. So I want to explore those topics a little bit on the uh, show today. And I'm super grateful that you're here with me. Um, if you want to see the video version of the show, you can go to youtube.com backslash Tiago Prem Singh and you'll see the video version. I also shoot the show live on Instagram at 9.15 a.m. every Wednesday. So those of you who are here watching and listening live, uh, thank you for being here. I really appreciate the love and support. So wisdom and guidance. Those of you who have been listening to the show, you've heard me talk about this concept of the knower. And when I say the concept of the knower, I have a, a few examples and I'm sure you can relate in some way to this. And one of the big examples for me is that I started drinking alcohol when I was in my early teens, 12, 13 years old. And which is kind of scary because I have an eight-year-old and I think, oh my gosh, but you know, already I can see that she's much wiser <laughs> than I am and listening to her inner guide much more like a billion times more than I was at that age. And so, you know, when I started drinking, it was mostly not because I wanted to drink or had any interest in drinking, but because I wanted to be cool. I started smoking cigarettes when I was in the fourth grade. My parents didn't even smoke. I just wanted to be cool. I wanted people to think that I was cool. And that's a karma that I've had for a long time in my life. But the interesting thing with trying to be cool and the drinking that I was doing back then is that in hindsight, as a person who hasn't drank alcohol for years now, um, is that I knew at the time there was a voice inside of me that was saying, you know, this isn't for you. It was a quiet voice. But it was saying, you know, this is not the life that you were born to live. And I didn't really know how to listen to that. I, I was born into a Christian family and my father was a pastor in a church when I was young. He later became a criminal defense lawyer, so that was a big shift. Um, but I was never really taught about listening for your inner guide or your inner voice. Um, I, it was more kind of like Jesus is your savior and if you send out messages into the ether um, then you may get what you ask for basically I mean <laughs> sounds absurd and simple kind of like Santa Claus but that was my experience and then you have a kid who's drinking way too young and trying to be cool, smoking way too young, and parents going, what in the world do we do with this kid? Because, you know, most of my other friends that I knew from the uh, religious community that we were a part of, and I just mean like the church that we went to, a lot of the kids didn't have the same streak of rebelliousness that I did. And so I didn't really listen to my inner guide, and that went on for years. And it caused a lot of pain. And those of you who listen to the episodes, you know that I've struggled a lot. I've had a failed marriage. I've had trouble with the law. I've been in and out of rehab. Um, I have, you know, and it wasn't until I had a child that I really gave my head a shake. And that's when I started practicing uh, Kundalini Yoga and exploring the Sikh faith or way of life. And that's not to say the whole time I was just reckless and out of control. That inner guide was also guiding me into exploring meditation at a young age. 
um, despite it being something that was not allowed by the religion that my family practiced. And, you know, I was, I've always been drawn to mystical teachings and I've all, also, you know, I wasn't a violent person per se, physically, you know. Mentally, I realized that I've had a real problem with, uh, or a challenge with uh, self-acceptance and that's where the need to be cool came from. And also um, being, you know, inappropriate in my relationship with women instead of being, um, you know, that warrior sage that with the open heart who's there to protect and to um, uplift and to elevate and to hold space for women to lead. I, I was more like, what can I get? From women especially you know with sex and that's because that's what was shown to me through media and through hip-hop music and through movies and I just wanted to be cool you know and but there was a part of me that knower that was also like this isn't this ain't right now I liked kids a lot so I was always sweet and kind to children but for some reason, you know, especially when I would drink, this other side of me would come out that was like, what can I get from this and how can I take advantage of this person? Not in those words, but looking back, I can see that's what was happening. And so, you know, I don't want to just harp on the war stories here. I want to also go into where did I experience liberation and, and freedom? And the liberation and freedom, I mean, it started when I began to move my body after I had got out of, I was in a year treatment program almost 20 years ago. And I, I studied religion in university because I thought that was the way through the intellect. That's a very masculine realm, patriarchal realm response to pain and suffering. Like, okay, I want to learn about wisdom, so I'll go through the head. So I started studying Buddhist philosophy in university, yogic philosophy in university, um, even looking at the Western religions, looking at Rastafari, but through the head, like, what do they believe? <laughs> you know, as opposed to like, um, enveloping, let's say, enveloping or surrounding myself with the devotional aspects of the practice and learning from the wisdom of the elders. It was more like, read it from a book and get the piece of paper so you can teach it. And people approach yoga the same way. So the next thing that happened was moving the body. And I had, you know, I was an athlete growing up, a basketball fiend, and um, so I hadn't taken care of my body while I was selling drugs and getting into trouble and just being a general hoodlum and <laughs> menace to society. And uh, so when I got out of treatment, because the knower finally was like, enough is enough. This is not what you're meant to be doing. We've told you a million times and you're not listening. So things got really intense and by the grace of the guru. Um, and when I say guru, those of you hear that word and think, oh my gosh, he's talking, he's talking about some human being that he's like made himself a slave to and and you hear that language and you think oh I don't want that I want to be clear that this is I'm talking about a principle that is it, it did at a point in time have a form but it's also formless and it is the storehouse of wisdom that is inside of you and that is everywhere 
So when I say guru, that's what I'm talking about. Does that make sense? Okay, so, so by the grace of the guru, I ended up in a treatment center and it was funny being in the treatment center. Well, not funny, but you know, I, I loved reading from the Bible and learning about the, it was a Christian treatment center. But I was also like, you know, wanted to read about the Buddha and yogis and that kind of thing. And my mom, God bless her, would smuggle books from other religious traditions into the year-long treatment so that I could explore the universal teachings of the one. That's the knower, my friend, coming through my mom. You know, it's, it's the, whiz, the storehouse of wisdom moving through her and through her hands and providing me opportunities to broaden my horizons while I'm exploring broadening my heart horizons. <laughs> haven't used that term before, but that was her being in tune to that universal wisdom. Then when I got out of the uh, treatment center, I started to move my body. That's where we were going with that, right? And it was, felt so great to move my body again and breathe deeply and stretch. And, and then learning about how a lot of these concepts that I was reading about yoga philosophy and Buddhist teachings um, were related to the exercises, the asanas, and I could see how they fit together. And so I did some teacher trainings. And again, I was seeking the inner knower, the inner guide through the body, which is a beautiful, beautiful um, practice and awareness, but it also carries a challenge with it. And the challenge is, is that I began to think that whoever could do the fanciest, it's sort of like the programming of capitalism, like whoever has the most toys and the most money, that person is really successful in life. That person has wealth. That's not how it works, my friends. It's about connecting to the inner guide, to the inner knower. And so I, you know, oh wow, look at that person. They can do this pose so beautifully. And they, you know, they are really regimented in their practice. And wow, they're just doing such a great job. Look at them. I'm going to do a great job. And so I did that and, and bowed at the altar of the form. You know, which to me, like when Nanak talks about idols, like that, that's what we're talking about here. It's not necessarily a statue or an inanimate object. It means that in my humble understanding, it means that you're looking outside of yourself and worshiping this thing outside of you and not recognizing that it's in you. It's not out there, it's in you. Does that make sense? That's the inner guide, guru, whatever you want to call it. And it requires a letting go, a bowing, a humble letting go and saying, okay, I haven't listened to you for all this time and now I'm going to make space to do that. And, and that making space to me, that is yoga and I understand that now. So I went through the body and then I got hurt and I couldn't practice in the same way. And I thought, oh no, I can't do yoga anymore, which really is me saying, which is quite foolish, I can't connect with the infinite storehouse of wisdom that is everywhere at once because I can't make those shapes in my body anymore. I'm restricted from doing that. Absurd. What a lie. What a crock of shit. But I believed it. 
And so I went through some karmas that I had around basketball when I got hurt and I went into drugs and I got hurt and then I went into drinking and I wasn't handling stress and pressure. And once again, I wasn't listening to the guidance or the wisdom. So what did, what did I do then to get to where I am, where I've had some freedom from some heavy karmas, you know? hurting other people, hurting myself, excessive use of substances, what did I do? Well, I, I listened to a calling and the calling was connected to a dharma or a way of life, which is the Sikh way of life. And even in that, I found some freedom, right? I got clean, I was doing my regular practices, I had levity and devotion happening, but while I was doing that, I got hung up in, if you're doing a good job of that, then you'll be free. If you're doing the prayers at a certain time, if you're learning the language, if you're doing all of these things, and in doing so, I began to forget not at the same extent. Here's the other thing I want to be clear for those of you on your journey, whether it's a journey to recovery or a journey, a journey to spiritual liberation or whatever it might be. I began to create some space in my life and then I would, I would miss out. Like the voice was a whisper and then I would be in trouble and that trouble would last for a long time. And then some time would pass and I would learn some lessons and learn from my patterns. And then I would find myself in the same routine, but maybe the trouble didn't, wasn't as severe and it didn't last as long. And then some time would pass and then I'm doing another practice. Say then I'm into the intellect and the study of the spiritual traditions. And then I would find myself with the challenges happening again. And with the challenging challenges happening again, maybe it would be a little less severe, still painful. Is this making sense? That process or that cycle is generating wisdom because you're learning from experience who you are. The knower or the guru or the guide by grace is waking you up gradually. And maybe at the start, it's a big wake up. You shouldn't do that anymore because you hit rock bottom or whatever the experience that you're having is. Over time, you still are having those wake-ups, but they may be a little more subtle because your awareness has increased. And as the awareness increases, you connect a little deeper to devotion. You connect a little deeper to what am I doing this for in the first place? And then the wisdom can arise and you still are facing pain and you still are facing challenge and you're still facing confusion and you're still whatever you're going through. And that's your karma. And so even as I was doing the practices that created some structure for me to stop drinking for an extended period of time for the first time ever, beyond the year that I was in uh, a treatment center, that structure was necessary for me to do that. Without the structure, I wouldn't have been able to do that. And 
the structure can also create a challenge because the structure itself is just providing you with more opportunity to listen to your inner knower. But the structure itself is not the inner knower. Does that make sense? Like a speaker. You can have a speaker that plays beautiful music that moves your heart. And if you've got a great speaker and you spend some time and energy to purchase a good speaker, the music is going to move you on a deeper level. But the speaker is not the music. It's the music itself that's moving you. Does that make sense? And some of the, the challenge is, is that you hear a lot in, uh, you know, I don't know what to call it because everybody wants to slag new age spirituality or spirituality or whatever it is. So we're not going to throw anybody, any group of people under the bus here. We're just going to find some way with language to, to talk about this concept. People like to say, oh, we don't want any dogma. And so we're just going to be free. And that's wonderful. That's what I want in my own spiritual practice. And that's what everybody actually wants. Nobody wants to be pinned down by rules and regulations. If anyone out there thinks that that's what somebody out there wants, they're confused. What happens is, is that people find themselves caught up in that because they don't know any better. I've experienced that myself. You end up thinking that, you, that the speaker is the music. But if we go, if we have a platform as a teacher and we start telling people, oh, you don't need a speaker, just be the music, it's not always beneficial advice. Doesn't mean never. For some, it is beneficial advice. It really depends. Okay? So it's unique to every person. For some of you, like myself, who keep falling into the same rut, falling into the same samskara, same habit, same creating some structure that makes space for devotion and love to flow is really beneficial. But I want to warn you, be very careful as you do that to remember that once you're free, the teachings that I've read, you know, they say you have to throw the, the Dharma away or the structure away. I don't necessarily know that that's a literal teaching. It means that the emphasis is no longer placed on that. It requires less effort. Like, does anybody listening to this find it challenging to drink eight glasses of water a day? Or have you ever had a time in your life when you found it challenging to drink enough water because you were just busy? You know, some of you may not relate to this because some of you are really structured with your water drinking. but. Uh, you know, I've had that experience. What happens in order for you to do something that is so healthy for your body and so healthy for you know, your life's experience, the organism that you live in? You've got to create some routine around it. But once you've created some routine around it, do you need to, you know, like really focus on make sure that you're doing it or does it just become a part of your natural rhythm? 
it becomes a part of your natural rhythm. And once it becomes a part of your natural rhythm, you throw away the striving. And for somebody to say, you know, oh, well, you don't worry about, don't worry about making structures to drink water, just drink water, is not beneficial advice for some people. But if someone is still hanging on to, I gotta drink water, I gotta drink water, if I don't drink water, then something bad is gonna happen, then of course that's great advice. It's all relative. Is that making sense? So ultimately, we all want to be free. And the way that we go about that, freedom, is unique to the individual. And the freedom comes from truly listening to your inner wisdom and guidance. And for some of us, that may be a long process to be able to even hear what that might be. You know, and, and then to go back to my story, what happened for me is, so I created those structures, I experienced freedom in a way that I hadn't experienced before, and I struggled with some of the structure around it. Sometimes becoming too attached to how it should look, and then in not uh, being, in not pacing myself, and allowing you know the growth to happen, I wanna get it all at once, you know? And then, so there's no pacing happening. And then with no pacing, what happens is I can't maintain it. You know, it's like trying to drink your eight glasses of water in one session every day and thinking I'm gonna do this for the rest of my life. It's impractical. And so then I just stopped drinking water altogether. And that's really what happened during the COVID time. You know, oh, I've got all of this pain and I don't know what to do with it and I'm facing challenges like I never have before and I'm not going to run away and go get high or go drink or go party. I have to face it. But I, without developing pace, one little thing at a time, one little practice, do it for a while, allow it to become a part of you, trying to do it all at once, when the shit hits the fan or the, the uh, levee breaks, everything goes and wash, washes away. But by grace, that inner wisdom and guidance is still there. And so you develop more wisdom. And the wisdom for me was, wow, some of those structures are really beneficial. And, and some of the wake-up call was around friends dying. And some of the wake-up call was my own personal depression. And so I'm learning to listen closely to that inner wisdom and that inner guide. And I'm learning that some structure is beneficial for that. Too much structure, not so much. And so, yes, dogma will cloud or create a resistance or a maybe lessen your ability to hear that inner voice. But also, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want can also, you know, interrupt that inner voice. 
really what it's about and Nanak said it so beautifully in Japji Sab and he said it several times so he must have been serious about the point he was trying to make and I've had this lesson time and time again is only through deep listening can pain and error be dissolved. And the guide or the guru or the inner knower or whatever makes sense to you is never going to leave you. No matter how many times you stumble, no matter how many times you get lost, no matter what you face, it's always there. And I personally am committed in my own life to listening for that and for doing the practices that allow me to experience that. And if anyone comes along and says, well, you know, you shouldn't be doing that because it's religious or dogmatic, it doesn't matter because that's not the point. And if anyone comes along and says, oh, that's a little too free, you're not allowed to do that because the book said, or whatever, then it doesn't matter to me. Or if someone comes along and in their attempt to say, just be free, do whatever you want, and I'm feeling like, oh, whoa, that sounds a little bit like I'm, I'll lose myself if I do that, it also doesn't matter to me. Because the point is not about comparing, the inner wisdom and guidance is not about comparing other people's, comparing yourself to other people's speakers. It's about listening for the music within you. And, and working with your doubt with pace. I've got doubt around this aspect of my life, whether it's my business or my partnership or my whatever it is, it, you know, or my faith or whatever you have doubt around. We have a lot of doubt during this time, right? It's like, oh my God, look what's happening in the United States and look what's happening with people and oh, what are we going to do? And all of this doubt and then it becomes anxiety and it becomes, and then we're so caught up in the noisiness of it all that it becomes very challenging to listen to the inner knower. And so I want to encourage you to do whatever it takes to tune into that inner knower. Whether it's shaking off dogma and getting free and saying what you want and letting your voice be heard. Or whether it's being quiet. Or whether it's learning a new practice like drinking tea or being inspired by a dharma or a way of life or reading the teachings of some great, you know, teachers from the past or refusing to read teachings from the past so that you can hear your own inner voice. I don't really know what's going to support your inner listening. I can only share from my experience and in my experience, especially as a person who struggled uh, with addiction and with deeply ingrained patterns around addiction, some structure has been incredibly beneficial to me and it's also been a challenge. And that's where I see it's a tool to connect me with the music. And the throw it away part is not get rid of it. Uh, the throw it away part is create a relationship with it where you recognize that the things that you're doing have a purpose and the purpose is to create space for listening. And if what you're doing, you've been doing for some time and it doesn't seem to be, it's creating more noise and more noise and more noise, ask your inner guide to show you, why are you still doing this? Do I need to let it go? 
And that could be anything. It could be religion. It could be drinking. It could be a relationship. It could be... Or is there something for me to learn as, con as I continue to go through this? Practice your listening. Because ultimately, the infinite storehouse of wisdom, the Guru, is in you. The music is always playing. No matter how macro you get or how micro you get, it's always leading back to sound. And that's some of the genius of Nanak that applies to this time. And so, if it's always going back to sound, no matter how big, 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 universe, multiverse, megaverse, or small, down into particles and atoms and protons and tiny, 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 it's going to lead back to sound. And so what do we do to create a relationship with that which is everywhere? The infinite storehouse of wisdom. We practice listening. Is it challenging to listen? Yes. Once we've had an experience of listening, we can look back and go, ah, that thing that I was doing for a while there was really supporting listening, so I'm going to continue to do that. Not because I have to, not because I'm supposed to, but because I'm learning from experience. That's wisdom. And then becoming more aware of it in my regular routine. It's unique to you. And there are so many speakers out there that could support you to hearing your music. And I would invite you to explore them all. Ask your inner guide to show you who you are and what you're here to do. Bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Revealing the Diamond. It's an honor to be here with all of you. Thanks for listening in. Those of you who are tuning in live, thank you for being here. If you want to tune in live, we do the live podcast on Wednesday mornings at 9.15 a.m. Pacific time on Instagram. And you can catch the replay anytime on the YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash Tiago Prem Singh. Um, and then the audio version of the podcast comes out anywhere you listen to podcasts. So Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, you can check it out. Um, please, if you love the work that we do, rate us, review us, share us with your friends. Want to continue to reach people with this work. If you feel called to continue study with me, I would recommend joining the Truth Seekers Union. Just go to truthseekersunion.ca and get involved. On Wednesday evening, starting November 11th, we have a group discussion online at 7 p.m. Pacific time. There's also an option to get some practices that will support you in your journey so that we're doing this work together. Um, I have also found that being in community has been so uh, beneficial to my working with my inner knower and my inner guide. So if that's something you feel called to do, please do check that out. We also have some pop-up classes happening in Vancouver, so head over to thedharmatemple.com for more info on that. And we'll catch you next week. Lots of love. Bless you.